welcome to Resilience in Life and Leadership with your host, Stephanie Olson. Hi, I'm Stephanie Olson. Welcome to Resilience in Life and Leadership. And I am excited to introduce to you Corbin Elliott. Corbin is a psychological strategist. In other words, he leverages analytical cause and effect problem solving to facilitate a higher degree of emotional well-being and life satisfaction. Through his company, Peace and Purpose, Corbin writes books and produces a podcast to show his audience that they don't need to settle for a life that is not less than the one they are capable of living. So welcome, Corbin Elliott. Hello, and welcome to Resilience in Life and Leadership. And I am excited to have Corbin Elliott on our show. Corbin, welcome. What's going on? Happy New Year. Happy what a, what a New lovely Year. New Year. Let's Got a fresh so. set of cards today. <laughs> for you. Awesome. Yes, I have I have resigned myself to not say anything like this is going to be the best year ever because that's what I said in 2019. So I've just stopped saying that naturally. So, yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, your story. Yeah. So the whole reason I got into this dude on the internet thing uh, is <laughs> is because uh, I sort of. Postgraduate, I had a similar experience to I think what a lot of people have in that I lacked direction in in a while. I think it's one of those turning points in your life, and I know there's there's blocks of these, you know, sort of yeah. quarter life or after school, midlife, throughout your life, you know, you come to a turning point, um, and that was what happened to me, and that's what got me started in this. Uh, so my big thing was I didn't know what in the world I was going to do with myself career wise. Um, I had. I had a bunch of things, a bunch of interests, um, but I was pursuing the the one that I was committed to for the wrong reasons, essentially, to come mm. to find out later. Um, so I was a I was a pre medical student, um, and for the the white collar, what my friends are going to think, what my family's going to say at a cocktail party reasons, yep. I was going after that, and it ended up being super problematic more than I realized um, at first. Um, because as a result of that, because I wasn't, you know, doing what I wanted to do with my life, I started to get a lot of health problems. So, um, you know, very bad anxiety started out with the, with the mental component, but it turned out being worse than that. Uh, there was a lot of muscle spasms. There was physical repercussions for um, making choices that weren't aligned with who I was, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and it got I got to a really bad place. I mean, I was literally bedridden with anxiety but not from i don't want to get out of bed from like my body wouldn't let me from a from a muscular standpoint wow so a lot um, of somatic symptoms psychosomatic the, 100%. Yeah, wow um so a lot of psychosomatic symptoms i mean a full week i was i was stuck in bed like could not could not get up and go to the kitchen or anywhere on my own wow. um so i got to that point uh and then I made a different decision, thankfully. I, I didn't really have a choice at that point. So I wish I could say that, oh yeah, early in the process, I saw that this doctor thing wasn't the right thing, and I decided to be bold and do something else. I mean, I had to be bold, but I didn't have too much of a choice at that point, right, let me put right. it that way. Um, so my, my story is really turning that around um, and starting to do some unorthodox things that ended up making me happier and, and sort of got me to a pretty good place where I am today. So that wow. that's really what got started 
got me started on the internet and my I feel like my job now in regards to that specific story is just giving other people context regardless of how old they are if they're in a a moment of indecision with with they were trying to make a decision between you know being in a relationship or not or yeah. uh, f- continuing on a career path or not. I, I sort of look at myself as someone that provides context to those decisions for people. So that's, that, that's a little bit about me. So why do you think that you were driven towards um, the the medical field? I mean, there, I'm sure there are certain things that were driving you there, but why why was that something that you were holding on so tightly to? Sure. Um, so to start out, there's the driving force. There were a couple. It wasn't all just like uh, safety, whatever. Yeah. That was so. Part of it was safety, right? Everybody wants the the safe white collar job. So that was one part. Um, another part was I really like the brain. I like I like neuroscience. I like psychology. So that actually was a true fit. Okay. Um, but. I mean, there's there's a lot of things. There's the there's the social hierarchy thing, you know, that comes along with it. There's, sure. like I said, the safety thing. But there there was on some level an interest. Okay. Um, what sort of locked me in it though was one one. This is a common thing: fear of what people might think. Right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't pull out the "What do you do?" Say something and then have no more poking questions. Right? I, I would no longer have that. Um, second was sort of the people that were close thinking, uh, you know, sort of getting annoyed, like, oh, the dude, he started going down a path. Now he's, now he's retracting that and going mm-hmm. somewhere else. Um, so for a lot of those reasons, including, you know, the, the, the quite blatant financial security reason, sure. um, those are some of the reasons I think they kept me locked in, um, for the financial reasons and the social reasons. Um, mm-hmm. so I think a combination of those things. Um, but learning, learning to get out of that was a crazy process. So what made you, did, did you understand at first that your symptoms were based on some of this anxiety and things like that? Or were you, um, I mean, how long did it take for you to go from, okay, I'm bedridden to, I need to make, do something different. Yeah, well, so it was interesting. Bedridden was late in the process, actually. Okay. So, so you know, building up, um, I actually thought there was something structurally wrong. Or, well, I was just trying to check off boxes and make sure that it, you know, process of elimination. Right. So, I mean, I was going in. I mean, I was getting X-rays because I mean, it wasn't just. Now I've got places that I know if I'm doing something wrong, the anxiety will flare up, and we can get to that. But um, like I was having back problems, like mm-hmm. mid backs, uh, thoracic area problems. Um, I was having lots of chest pain, um, but specifically with the mid back. I mean, I was going to the. I went and got an X-ray. I went and talked to my primary care doctor. Like I did a bunch of things um, right. to sort of try to check things off. Um, and after just sort of. Going through every other box, I'm like, well, I guess this is something psychological that's giving me a problem. Um, and that's sort of how I, I figured out that it was that because I pretty much canceled everything else out. Wow. Um, yeah. So so that's sort of how I got there. And, and of course, that's the last thing that I wanted to admit it was to myself, yeah. right? Yeah. Because Because – the good the good thing that I tell people to ask themselves now is what do you know that you don't want to tell yourself? Mm, like like what what I do like you <laughs> like what do you actually know yes. that you don't want to tell yourself? And that was what it was that it that 
medicine wasn't for me. I knew that, but I did not want to admit that to myself because wow. if I did that, I'd have to change. Right. Okay. So that's interesting. Would you say that is primarily the stigma behind um, mental illness, things like that? Or would that have been um, the fear of, okay, well, now I really do have to do something different? The second option. Okay. I wasn't, I actually, I don't think I really fell into the mental stigma crowd or as far as like me that being the reason that I didn't yeah. I mean I didn't care if yeah. other people knew sure. I cared that I didn't admit it to myself and then I had you have two options whenever whenever you know something about yourself that is different from the actions and behaviors you're currently taking one is you can try to um I always forget the word for this. Try to make sense of it for yourself. Like make right. sense that I know this about myself, but I'm still doing the things that do not reflect that. Or kind of um, I have to actually it. make a change. Yeah. Just thank you. Justify. Yeah. I could either justify it or make a change. And I couldn't justify it at that point. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'd been trying to do that for, for a year at that point. Yeah. Um, so I had to make a change and I knew that'd be uncomfortable. Wow. Okay. So then what? Yeah. So... You know, from there, it was sort of, because like I said, I had a lot of interests, right? Um, it was a series of me being super uncomfortable and then trying to figure out what I actually wanted to do. Mm. Um, so that's when I went into that process fully, um, which I had been doing a little bit before. Um, but I think I was burying myself in, which was not hard to do with pre-medical classes, burying myself in my in my work. Um yeah. Because I had taken some really difficult class at that point. But right after that period, I was like, all right, there's no more work. It's time to figure things out, wow. um, which was super uncomfortable. Um, so really, I just figured out a bunch of different exercises to figure out what I wanted in my life and sort of clear out the fuzz of what maybe other people were suggesting to me. Yeah. Um, so then a lot I, of other people have a lot of big plans for us, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, that no, that's definitely true, um, and yeah, it's 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 especially hard because those plans mm -hmm. and the same mindsets, you know, oftentimes we inherit them, or the people that are around us, we sort of have an element of that in us. Yeah. But a lot of times, for me, the blueprint didn't work. Some people, I'm sure, it totally works. Like, I mean, I'm sure it does. Like, becoming a doctor is great for some people um, with a different personality, with different wants. Um, right. But I, I had to figure out that that blueprint wasn't for me and then deal with the discomfort of making my own blueprint and being uncertain about that while I had voices in my ear. Um, so that that's what essentially that next months and months of me figuring things out was. Wow. And, you know, you just have to wonder how many people have this designed blueprint for their lives and just kind of follow through. And even though it's probably not where they're supposed to be, they're just going to trudge forward because that's what yes. they know. Yeah. Yes. Well, oh. I mean, it's hard. Talk about resilience here. Yeah. Here it is. Um, it's whenever you don't continue down the, the map mm. that a lot of the people in your community, not meaning bad for you have and the way mm. the one they followed you're, the most resilient part is you creating your own map and not having the whole thing finished while that other map is still whispering in your ear. That's actually the hardest thing I, I found, at least. So I tell, mean, what do I know? But Tell yeah. me about that. What did that look like for you? I mean, so as far as creating my own map, 
it came from, I, I didn't do any, a lot of it wasn't guesswork. So I, I got a technique from actually a girl named Ashley Stahl. She runs a great podcast anyway, um, which is, is really helpful. Uh, it's something called joy journaling. And oh, okay. so how it, how it works is this is at the end of a day, you take, you know, five minutes, however long, um, to just pour out on a piece of paper the things that you liked the most about the day. So, like, that you enjoyed the most, had were the most fun, whatever. Um, and then you do that for some period of time. I did it for 30 days. That seemed to work pretty well, um, but I'm not going to put a box around what you got to do. Um, and at the end of the 30 days or 15 or whenever, I just sort of looked back and checked for commonalities. So, I, I looked at the things that I liked consistently. And from there, I just reverse engineered my plans and everything to create the life structure that made the time that I spent in those joy moments high, like the most time possible in the moments that I liked. And I set up the the career and the living situations and everything, still working on, on some of it, um, to maximize my time spent in things I like and minimize the time I spend in things that I don't like. I um, so, yeah, that, that was my... One of my procedures, at least. There's a multitude, but yeah. So how long did it take you to get to that place where you were um, pretty confident with this is what I'm supposed to be doing? It takes a bit. <laughs> or well, at least for me, it took a bit. Yeah. Um, one, because, not because maybe I internally didn't know. But because internally, yet again, didn't want to admit it to myself. Like I'm st- still working through those blocks of going, ah, maybe I should just return to the to the old thing that I know, right? Um, that's a common thing that people talk right. about um, to the familiar, um, because this is completely unknown. Uh, a lot of the things I do, completely out of the box of what in the world is that dude doing <laughs> compared to what my friends and family and a lot of the even the people I went to college with would would think. Um, so, but it took me a while. It, I mean, at least six months. Yeah. And that's after the back spasms. Wow. Um, so, okay. So tell us what you're doing today then. And then I want to go back to the health issues. So tell us, sure. tell us what you're doing, what, what Corbin's blueprint looked like essentially. Sure. Corbin's blueprint. So so this one primarily for me was the career thing. Um, so I'll talk about that area. Um, so the blueprint for career is the the things that I do currently. I sell stuff. This is just for financial. So I yeah. intentionally want to erase the because I want to spend most of my time in things I enjoy. So I wanted to er- erase the financial component as much as I could, or at least the worry about the basic necessities. Yeah. So my play for that is I sell things. People don't realize how much free stuff there is out there to sell. Um, so I actually have a bunch of free stuff from people that, you know, Hey, I've got a basement full of stuff and then I'll clean up your basement. I'll take the stuff, sell the stuff. So it's all free stuff that I'm selling. So I sell that stuff and then I buy rental real estate properties with that, um, with whatever that is. So the reason I do that specifically though, is because my metric for, for goal setting, essentially, is what I call monthly cash flow for real estate. So how much I can make in profit from real estate rental properties. Um, so what I, the reason I do that strategy is because I'm looking for something that provides me with supplemental income that covers mm-hmm. basic expenses um, on a monthly basis. That way, I have no excuse to not do the things that I want to do, at least from a financial standpoint. Right. So like I'm basically removing barriers 
sure. to to entry. Um, so I do that. That's generally on the weekends, some weeknights or whatever. Um, and then the other thing I do now is I'm, I've started like a pseudo media company. So what I do is produce the podcast. Um, we're in our fourth season now, um, wow. and yes, and work on that. I'm doing that. I also am a musician. I've been a musician for a long time. So in college, that's what I did primarily. Um, so yeah, did, I was really fortunate in college, got to tour everywhere and it was super fun. was awesome. Um, so that's looking like the second leg of the media company. Okay. And in the, and the goal of that entire company is it's going to have what I strive for is the entertainment value of Netflix and the, the helpfulness of like a, you know, a psychology book or a self-help right. book, um, but together. So it's, it helps people with the motivation to, to listen to something and actually watch it now. Cause I'm, I'm starting to shoot video as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has the helpful components that I want. Cause I've always been interested in psychology and, and the positive emotion to negative emotion sort of spectrum. I'm looking to root people right. in positive. Um, and then entertainment value of, I've always been on the been on the stage, acted, sang, did all that thing. So I can do the entertainment part, but simultaneously have the 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 helpfulness of psychology and that sort of thing. I so, love that. so yeah, so yeah, I that's that's that. my that's my passion project, and really the thing I get to spend most of my time in now, which is really good. Um, so, so yeah. So that's the goal. That's the ultimate goal. So, what would you tell people if? Um, you know, they're kind of stuck in this place that they're not, um, you know, they, they want to do something different. They're not feeling fulfilled or they're thinking, gosh, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I want to move forward. What would you tell those people? Yeah. So the first thing is remove, just destroy barriers. So like a lot of people, it's going to be, well, it depends on what you're looking at. So if it's in the spectrum of career, likely there's going to be at least in my experience, because that's what I'm talking to, um, there's going to be a financial barrier and there's going to be a social barrier, at least, normally. Um, yeah. So your, your first your first goal will be, especially if you have a family, um, your first goal will be erasing those barriers. Um, and I think that that goes across to anything. If it's a relationship, if it's like somewhere that you live, you know, if you, if you live somewhere and you want to move somewhere else, something like that. Um, so the first thing is, once you know that that's what you want to do, which I'd recommend exercises like the joy journal and such, mm-hmm. then you want to remove barriers to entry so that you don't have the, the the falter period, which is the period where you're sort of one foot on one side of the fence, one foot on the other, which is an inherent as you're in the process of creating that thing. Right. Um, so, and for me, I eliminate the the financial barrier by doing the real estate and, and selling equipment, that sort of thing. Um, I eliminate the social barrier by honestly real one realizing that have an abundance mindset and, and what i mean what i mean by that is there's like what is there eight billion of us like there's people out there who are gonna who are gonna be like yeah and i have the same passion as you getting yourself around those people and not realize and and getting past the scarcity mindset of everybody around me doesn't think that this is the right move right. um you don't realize that there's eight billion people and some of those people are gonna go that's the right move yeah. um so find those people so that helps with the social that's just one little thing you can do other things but anyway eliminate barriers as much as possible mm-hmm. and then once you've eliminated barriers it's gonna be much easier for you to as long as you know what you want to do which was step one you can just sort of fall into it um no, that's good. So once you started doing what you loved, once you started realizing, okay, this is where I want to be, 
how long did it take for your body to follow along? Yeah, that's super. That's a really interesting question. I don't think I've been asked that one. That's good. <laughs> um, I love the it, questions that make you go, hmm. Oh, 100%. <laughs> make you think. Me too. <laughs> Me too, because it's interesting. So I still, thankfully, actually, I, I actually befriended anxiety. So mm. I get it now. After I didn't have muscle spasms or anything crazy mm -hmm. after a short, not a long period after that, right? Um But I still get a little tingle in my chest, like a little, not, Maybe it's tightness a little bit, and mm -hmm. it's right. Sorry, the mic's getting crazy. It's right here, mm -hmm. and I so I know that's ang that's my anxiety. So I know that. Um, so if I'm doing something that doesn't match up with what I actually want to do, my body and lets me know, um, okay. and I use that as a metric for tracking the quality of my decisions, yeah. or at least how well they align with what I want. Um, so, and I'm glad I have that. I've reframed what I think of anxiety. Um, because I mean, at that point, it, it was so bad at one point where, you know, of course I was treating it as well as I could now, mm. no treatment whatsoever. And I use it as a marker, wow. um, because it's not, it's not bad now. Right. I mean, it's just like very subtle feeling. Yeah. Um, and now I just use that to see if I'm aligned with, with what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, that's so actually I'm, I'm partnered with anxiety actually. That's fascinating. I have never heard that as a tool, but that that makes a lot of sense. And and I think when you know your body and you know how it's reacting or what it's reacting to, it's so much easier to figure that out and control what those um, what those next moves might be. Right. And during the period where I was really having a tough time, I got really into like mindfulness and meditation and journaling and all these different things that help with self awareness. Because um, I was trying to figure out what to do and to yeah. calm down, because I was freaking out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there was two different, two right. different reasons, but that actually helped me a lot now because I have the body awareness to realize when that's flaring up, and that's how I mark things in my yeah. life and and make novel decisions or new decisions. So so yeah, that's good. That's good. So what would you say are those um, key components of success? Uh, that that you've taken from what you've experienced, what other people can use? Sure. So I actually don't even play with success and failure. Like, so I actually created new, well, I didn't create new words. I applied new words to yeah. these. Um, I call them hit and miss. So success and failure is, I like that. for me, is too, it's too emotionally final. driven. It's, yeah. well, yeah, well, it's too final too, actually. Yeah. Um, but it's too negative positive for me mm -hmm. so hit and miss tend to sit closer to the to the centrality of the of the spectrum to say it in a, you know in a weird fancy way but like it, it's close it's less polar i guess you could say so it hits right here and a miss is right here as opposed to success failure um and the whole thing that i do and i defined hit or success as um when you pre-select an effect or an outcome and then the causes that you put in place do create that outcome. So, like, I think everything is a cause and effect situation. Sure. So, like, if, if, I, if I read a textbook and learn how to uh, add fractions, um, reading the textbook as the cause <laughs> – reading the, reading the textbook as the cause did create the desired effect if I retained the information. And that would be considered a hit yeah. 
Okay. So success is setting, to me, is setting an effect and then putting causes in action that do create the effect as opposed to putting causes in action and then getting a different effect that wasn't the, the one that you set initially. Um, so because that breaks down the definition of success as being certain outcomes – Right. Now you can now you can predetermine your own outcome knowing yourself and success is based off of whether you got that outcome or not. That's right. So successful is far more subjective yeah. uh, to the individual. Oh, I love but, that. That is good. Yeah, that's that's how I that's how I play it because um one th- something that makes one person happy like a specific means mm-hmm. won't do the same for another person. Um I've seen that with people in my life, friends, family right. with the blueprint that works for them. Um so I, I redefined that. But I would say a good way to select outcomes, be successful, a, aka select outcomes, and then put causes into place for it, is just testing. So, like, everything's testing. Like, you ne- there's no failure. Failure is a miss, and that's just like a hypothesis that didn't run true. So you now you're going to make a different hypothesis of the desired effect. Um, so, like... You said in effect, say I want, I want to have five thousand dollars passive income on a monthly basis. Then you put cause into effect. Maybe the first line of cause selection doesn't work, and then you just retest with new causes. So um, that's that's how I look at it. And you just keep testing and trying different pieces until you get the effect you want. So you just collect data. Yeah, that would be success. Okay. So what does resilience mean to you? Yeah, I think whenever things suck, being able to... Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because, because, they, because they inevitably do, right, yeah. uh, at times. Yep. Um, happiness, I call it approaching zero. Like, you won't get fully happiness, but dang, my goal was to try to get you approaching zero on it <laughs> um, as far as not being happy. Anyway, um, I would say resilience is... Being able to keep walking towards the thing that you understand will be good for you yeah. while bad things are happening currently. Like like mm. you're in a bad environment. It's, it's stormy. You're scared. Um, you got people yelling in your ear to not keep doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. But you're able to keep doing it because you have set the necessary motivation markers or whatever to keep doing it. That's good. Um, so that, that's what that's what I'd say broadly. I love that. So through your perseverance of finding a new blueprint, do you feel like you've received the support from family and friends to, um, you know, what you're doing now as opposed to what what you were doing? Yeah, as best as po- as they can possibly do. Um, so I'm just very different from everyone I know. So like it's hard for them maybe to understand <laughs> i uh like uh nobody i know has ever built like a brand or a business mm. uh so that's different right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i mean because if you look at it every all three sources of income for me are not from working for someone right. which is like everybody's like what in the world <laughs> oh yeah completely not traditional it's like yeah um yeah uh so that's different it's non-traditional in the sense of being employees as opposed to like employers. Right. And people right. don't a lot of people in my life don't understand the employer side or like the things, the pieces involved with that. Sure. Um, but talking about support, they've done as best as they can. I mean, honestly about it. That's right. Um they don't understand a lot of aspects of it, but I don't get a lot of flack 
at this point. Um, I've also, in, in the past, I called my I call myself a recovering pacifist. Um, so I used to, <laughs> I used to sort of pander to people, as was probably clear in my story, um, or pander a little bit more. Uh, and now it's very much if I'm aligned with myself, I'm just doing that while trying not to harm other people. Mm. Um, but some, but sometimes, sometimes there's a little bit. Of, there's growing pains, yeah, involved with people around you that knew you was one person and was one maybe personality type or doing one thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's a little like hand in a bucket of cold water for people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little uncomfortable. So aside from that, I try not to do damage, but I'm being true to myself. That's sort of how I play it now. Wow, that's great. So, so how um, how can people find you? And when they do, what will they find? That's a very <laughs> weird question, but I don't know. Yeah, it's appropriate sure. with you. <laughs> so it sounds like there there's a box inside of a box, <laughs> and then right. in that box, what do we find? <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> um. So. So you can find me, so the Peace and Purpose podcast, the audio version, which is what we've been running for the past three seasons, that's like everywhere, like if you type it in anywhere, it'll pop up. So um, if you go on Google, type in the Peace and Purpose podcast, we're the whole first page, so any of that is us. Um, Also Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts. More recently, um, actually as of Today, or no, yesterday, we released our first YouTube video. So we're going to be shooting video as well now. So I've been working on my lighting. Hope it looks pretty good. <laughs> you um, look awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so we'll be on YouTube as well. And we'll be under the channel name Effect Media. So it's like A-F-F-E-C-T Media. Um, you can find us on there as well. Um, and then we also have a website. So I can, it's called effectmediaproductions.com. So that any of those great. places, don't get overwhelmed with all the places I'm trying to send you. Just pick one and have fun. That's <laughs> awesome. I love it. And I will make sure to put those in all of the yeah. podcast notes so that people can can find you and um, yeah. definitely listen to the Peace and Purpose podcast. I love, I love the, the name of that podcast because your your purpose and and finding that can sometimes be a rocky journey and it doesn't always oh, it can be feel terrible. so peaceful <laughs> it can i'm not even gonna dampen it it can be yeah. horrible <laughs> that's right yes uh, so i do love that i love that name it is just amazing so so what would you tell people um listening just your just final thoughts on um you know, we're going into a new year and um, this is the time where people always want to do those new year's resolutions and change themselves. And I think it really can't be about, I'm going to reinvent myself. It's got to be about walking through each thing and saying, okay, this is what I want to do next. And this is who I am. So talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a, you made a really good point about the not reinventing yourself. I think the better way to do it is just to like know yourself. So yeah. like know the know the one you've already got. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so like the, um, so yeah, I would recommend if you if you aren't clear on exactly what you want in your life, just across the spectrum, that's your project. I think um, because if you don't have clarity, depending on the level. Mm-hmm. But if you're really lacking clarity, it is horrible. 
because yeah. I mean that's that's really my story um, and the fogginess of that. Yeah. But once you have clarity, at least some level of it, it really like how you feel on a daily basis is completely revolutionized. And that's what I know that because I only speak to things that I've experienced and sure. I've experienced that. Um, so get to know yourself, find clarity on the, on the person you are, not reinvent. You don't want to make yourself something you're not. So yeah. like figure out who you are and then just like, and then map what you do on a daily basis based off of what you find. Right. Right. So all that new you crap, don't, don't deal with that. Just be the yeah. you, you are and embrace that. And then, and add to that maybe yeah the problem yeah the problem is people don't know who they are Mm -hmm. like they people we're we're not living in alignment with what we internally want and it's hard to know that sometimes so like it take like i said it took it takes some time and it's not the most comfortable thing ever at times Mm -hmm. um but it's one of those things that when you when you go through the valley and you end up on the peak you realize that it was so worth it it's ridiculous Um, right right so so I would not recommend reinventing yourself. I'd recommend getting to know yourself and then acting in accordance with that. That is so good. Well, Corbin, I've really appreciated talking to you. This has been, I loved it. I love what you're doing. I love what you did. And um, congratulations to you. It's so exciting. And well, thank I you will so much. Be, I will personally be tuning in to um, Peace and Purpose. Podcast, so thank thank you. you. I appreciate it. And then we will make sure to put all of Corbin's information in the um, information in the podcast so that you can reach out to him. And I just want to thank you because you got a great story. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having on, having me on rather, and uh, let me share. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Resilience in Life and Leadership. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Please share with anyone you think will benefit from this podcast.